All right, Javi, ready for the corniest intro of all time? It is 86 degrees, and Javi and I are here for some hot takes for the ALE State of the Division podcast. It is Monday, May 23rd, and I have my guy Javier Reyes. I am Peter Apple. This division is kind of incredible right now. We have probably the best team in baseball at the top of the division, and we have one of the worst teams at the bottom. But in the middle, we have some teams that have been either really good or kind of fallen off. But otherwise, we have one of the best divisions in all of baseball. Javier Reyes, how you doing, brother? I'm doing fantastic. I got my little somewhat summer fit going on here oh, no. with my shirt. Yeah, man, I'm rocking it. I'm hey, look, when the Pirates are playing well, I'm wearing a different fit every day. You know what I'm saying? That's that makes me very excited. But this isn't obviously about the Pirates, but I'm doing well. I do have to admit though, man, summer, I'm glad that people are finally with me and realizing not the best season. It's just not fun. Interesting. It's just not fun. Tell me why. It's not good. I just because, totally disagree. So I have to know why. So here's why. I'm not, I, I'm anti heat to an extent. Okay. I I'm just the sometimes I just sometimes, and, and that's funny because like I, you know, I'm Puerto Rican. I've been there a bajillion times. It's like 9,000 degrees on the regular. Right. But it's not that it kills me. It's more that I'm when I'm out there and we're in a car, I'm just waiting to get food. We're waiting to enter inside a building, whatever it is. How do people enjoy it in that circumstance? Not one, like you want to be able to do activities. And number two, most importantly, I feel oftentimes that people love the summer because it harkens back to when they got off from school, right? And people slowly, as they get older, they're realizing, oh, wait, this kind of stinks because I don't have the fun part of when the bell rings and we're like, I'm just free for the rest of the year. You associate summer with that time of freedom. And then when the older you get, you're like, oh, actually, it just means that things are hotter. And then sometimes there's some cool movies that come out. I see what you're saying. With all due respect, you're incredibly incorrect. <laughs> Summer is the time of baseball. Summer is the time of sunshine, happiness, beaches, babes, if that's what you're into. Everything, <laughs> everything in between. It's all it's all amazing. And and we got to talk about the AL East because it's starting to heat up. No pun intended. We're all full of terrible jokes today. Let's just get straight into it. The AL East right now is led by the New York Yankees, who are 29 and 10. They've won eight out of their last 10 games. And they're 15 and four at home. They have scored 194 runs, given up 120 of them. They have a plus 74 run differential. That is the Jesus. best in baseball. <laughs> They took three of four from the Orioles earlier in the week. They took three of four from the White Sox, and then they swept the Blue Jays in two games, and they're currently facing the White Sox again. So a little bit about the Yankees before I throw it over to you. Aaron Judge is currently on pace for 58 home runs. It's on MLB, posted a graphic today, and the Yankees are on pace for 120 wins. And before we get to the Yankees, I'd just like to know that the AL East bats, they are hot right now. Of the mm. top 10 hitters that qualify mm. right now in WRC plus over the last week, six of them are in the AL East and the top five Ooh. is all AL East. Kevin Kiermaier, 346 WRC plus Trevor story, 330 yeah. Randy mm. Rosarina, 304 Rafael Devers, 302 Aaron judge, 287. That's the top five. Then Giancarlo Stanton is eighth at 294 Javi I mean we could talk a ton about the Yankees and I know we will in a second but my first question is do you think right now they're the best team in baseball um I think you could make that case and I think the biggest reason which a lot of people have talked about a lot is just a little bit more of a uh, not a surefire but just some idea of what you're getting out of your rotation outside Garrett Cole with Nestor nasty Nestor being like 
the sensation that he is. And then Luis Severino, who's just got that gamer side to him as well. Even if his numbers aren't, you know, a top 20 pitcher, he certainly has those moments where he looks like it. Um, and he's probably going to get better as, se- as the season progresses. Jordan Montgomery is solid, right? And then you got a really good bullpen with Michael King being, well, just Elite. as his last name suggests, right? Seriously. Just being a king. I mean, shout out to Michael King. He's been great. Um, so just a well-rounded pitching staff that doesn't feel like it's too reliant on one guy is what I'd say has been the most exciting thing about them. And then they've got some contact guys like LeMahieu seems back for the most part. He had a grand slam this weekend. That was it's really good. fun. Um, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, who is, you know, he, he can he can put contact. <laughs> Not always the best, but there just seems to be a little bit more focus on the Yankees team. And I know that you brought up uh, on the Just Baseball show, which everybody should check out, that there is probably going to be a stretch where the Yankees have 18 out of 27 strikeouts for 18 out of 27 after strikeouts for an entire series. They can't score and we're annoyed at them. But the whole point is that this is regular season. And when it comes to regular season, I think that number suggests on base home runs slugging the ball the way they do. They should be pretty good. And I will say though, I think the Dodgers have a higher run differential. They do. Um, from what I understand. So just, just a clarification on that, but yeah, I mean, the Yankees have been awesome and I was on board. I wasn't one of the haters heading into the year. Whether they're winning the World Series is a totally different question, but guys, they, they're they a good team. They won 92 last year, and everyone acted like it was the end of the world. Like They're still a good team. This is exactly what I said on the Just Baseball show. I said that the Yankees will be better than they were last year. If I can remind you, the Yankees started Jay Bruce at first base and Gio Rochelle at third base last year. This year, it's Anthony Rizzo at first base and Josh Donaldson at third base. Big difference. Get rid of Gary Sanchez, put in Jose Trevino, who's been great defensively. And Kyle Higashioka is not, the bat has definitely not gotten going yet, but he again is better defensively. This whole unit is better defensively. And to your point about Isaiah Connor Falefa, adds a different element to this lineup. I didn't love him, quite honestly, coming into the game. And that's my fault for underrating him because the guy right now is hitting 271 and playing a good shortstop. There's a lot of positives to the Yankees. You know, the bullpen is incredible. I think the worst bullpen arm right now is Roldis Chapman, even though he hasn't even Crazy. been that bad. Clay yeah. Holmes is is starting to close game for the, games for them, and for good reason. The 98-mile-hour sinker is unreal. Clay Holmes is one of the best relievers in baseball, combined with Mike King. Unfortunately, Chad Green, one of the best yeah. Yankee bullpen arms in the past couple of years, Hasn't gotten off to a great start this year, but still, he's one of those guys that the Yankee fans have relied upon for now. Seems like almost a half decade. Tommy John surgery. And another guy, Luis Heal, one of their best right-hand pitching prospects, also just went down with Tommy John surgery. So both those guys, we will not see them, unfortunately, this year. But that's really the only downside. I mean, you could say a downside is Aaron Hicks, who is not hitting, has not been hitting. Bring and back I don't Gardner. Know if he will be hitting. Exactly. Bring back, Bring back Brett Gardner. <laughs> because again, with Joey Gallo, it's the same kind of thing. These two guys are the only hitters on the Yankees who are not incredible right now. I would say above average, but incredible. The rest of the Yankees lineup, the rest of the Yankees team and bullpen has been amazing, except for those two guys. But if you have two guys that are a little bit below average and the rest of the team is elite, like I don't think, um, you know, Braves fans last year were clamoring to get rid of Heredia. Like there are guys who are just like not the best players on their team, but they're not going to ruin them either. This Yankee team is set up for success, but they will go through their lulls earlier or later in the season as, as I predicted, because this team is polarizing. They're going to hit a bunch of home runs in a row and then not hit a bunch of home runs for a week and then lose every game. But it just be the most boring team imaginable possible. 
But the good thing to your point is that the pitching is what holds it down. Similar, not similarly to last year where, you know, if they're not hitting, they're not going to get good pitching either. This is the opposite. Even when they don't hit, they can win some three to two, three to one games. But let's talk about the Rays because the Rays are currently second in the AL East. Or before we go into the Rays, anything else on the Yankees? Uh, I think we should just quickly bring up the Josh Donaldson situation in which, you know, everybody, we're not going to talk too deeply about it because both Peter and I, we are not black. <laughs> so I think that that is my, my, the, the most opinion I'll put out there is everybody be careful with this. this is a very dicey situation. Tim Anderson after Saturday's game brought up how Josh Donaldson referred to him as Jackie, as in Jackie Robinson. Josh Donaldson says that this is because of an interview that Tim Anderson gave back in 2019, where he compared himself to Jackie Robinson. I encourage everybody to not jump to me at conclusions, but to very, very, very key what I mentioned before. If you're not black, you have to understand this is a sensitive situation and understand that this is probably not the right, uh, not, not the right thing for Josh Donaldson to do. Uh, but we're going to get more information as, as this all comes out. Hopefully nothing really rough happens or anything like that. Um, and yeah, that's basically the whole thing. And, you know, baseball's had issues like this before. So this isn't like a, a thing we, we're unused to, I guess, Absolutely. when it comes to the culture. Yeah. Absolutely. There's really no place for our opinion here. Um, I want more information. Um, the only thing I will say is that it just taking it completely out of context, just that comment, I don't rock with. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm going to say on the situation. We need more information. Mm -hmm. We need more context out of it. So I'd rather not speculate until we get more information on that situation. So mm -hmm. let's talk about the Tampa Bay Rays because currently they are 24 and 16, second place in the AL East, five and a half games back of the Yankees. They have won six out of their last 10 games, 174 runs scored, 161 allowed to give them a plus 13 run differential. They lost two of three to the Angels and they got no hit in the middle of it. They lost two, they took two of three from the Blue Jays and they swept the Tigers and they're currently one and one against the Orioles in their three game series. And they're currently playing right now. I want to go back to that no hitter because that game was just incredible. Reed Detmers threw a no hitter with only two strikeouts against the Rays. And Brett Phillips was one of the pitchers for the Rays who gave up a bunch of home runs and a bunch of hits. That game ended up being 12 to zero, but I actually had Rays money line in that game, which was probably the worst bet I've ever made in the history of my life. Consider it. You bet one team, and not only do they lose 12 to zero, but they get no hit by a rookie. That makes <laughs> me think that's, that makes me think that's the worst bet of all time. But <laughs> basically, what I wanted to talk about with the Rays quickly is that Kevin Kiermeyer is off to a crazy hot start, at least in this week. And so is Randy Rosarina. The bats are started finally starting to heat up. And I don't know about you, Javi. Whenever I look at the Rays box score before the game, I think to myself, who's pitching for them? Is it Jalen Beeks? Is it Jeffrey Springs? Mm -hmm. But then they just throw five shutout innings. Drew Rasmussen yeah. is incredible. You can go down the line. We can keep naming pitchers. But this is a, a team that I predicted would go to the World Series and face the Dodgers. Are you thinking of them in that light of a potential World Series team? Are you a little bit more down on the Rays? Give me your take. I will say that's a little bit similar to the Yankees where it's kind of like these regular season teams. And I'm pretty confident. And I mean, the Rays, as I mentioned last week, when I was on state of the division with, with that boy Colson um, <laughs> that, you know, I mentioned like 
They're the type of team that will call up some reliever you've never heard of that will only be good in night games when the other team is using seven, not six, not five, not eight, seven of their batters are left-handed hitters or right-handed, right? Only, and they'll be great, right? They are the masters of matchup stuff. And then the masters are getting through a season. No, no, get me wrong. Everyone likes to praise the ball all the time. How about you win a World Series first before we talk about being the greatest organization instead of getting your butts kicked by the Red Sox like you did last year. But in terms of right now, it's just one of those teams that is really kind of almost lazy analysis on my part. But it's one of those teams you genuinely have to just trust the system and the infrastructure. Like to see a more a little bit more out of some other guys like Wanda Franco, who everybody anointed the best shortstop in baseball before the season even started. Mm -hmm. that was cute everybody um Mm -hmm. you know i would like to see a little bit more from tampa but for now the fact they're still 24 and 16 the yankees are hitting the lights out they're gonna be okay right i'm not really worried about them and if they wanted to very key though if they want to they do have so much assets in their farm they have such a good just all around the place that if they wanted to make some adjustments i think that they could if they needed to so I totally agree with you. And talking about the system for a second, before we talk about Wander Franco, how about the system producing guys like Harold Ramirez, who's hitting 300 with an almost 53% of hard to hit rate, which is one of the best in baseball. How about Manuel Margot, who continues to rake this year? He's hitting 348. Yandy Diaz, another guy raking. But let's talk about Wander Franco for a second, because he's slashing 263, 292 with a 414 on or slugging percentage, excuse me. But the thing is with Juan Franco so far this year, he hasn't been walking similarly. He's being a bit more aggressive. I feel like he's going to start switching back to that original kind of mindset of taking pitches, taking walks, using his great eye at the plate in order to get on base a little bit more. It's strange that we haven't seen a high OBP from a guy who I thought would walk and have one of the highest walk percentages in all of baseball, but the bat to ball skills are still there. And while he, I mean, he's hit for power. He has four home runs, but he also has nine doubles and he's barely striking out. I still think Juan Franco with how good the glove is and how good the arm is, is still probably a top 10 shortstop in baseball, even though he hasn't gotten off to this great start. Mm-hmm. That's right. hundred uh, percent. And with other guys, the other thing with Tampa is they do have had, have had some injuries as well. You know, everybody knows about Glass now from last year. I don't believe he's scheduled to come back this year. Um, but they've got Brandon Lau. They've got hey, Luis Patino, former Padre. He went down with an injury. So maybe part of this is them just genuinely going through a lot of bad injury luck, which is not something that I feel like we're always used to with Tampa Bay anyway. So. And to your point about Brandon Lau, out a month with a back injury. So we won't oh, see him for the next three or four weeks, most likely. Let's talk about the Toronto Blue Jays, who are in third place Let's in the AL East, mm-hmm. 22 and 18 record. They have a negative nine run differential, though. They've they've allowed more runs than they've scored. They've allowed 154 to 145 runs scored. In their last 10 games, they're five and five. And in the past couple series, they lost two to the Yankees. They lost two of three to the Rays. They took two of three from the Mariners, and they are now looking to sweep the Reds. They won the first two games, and it's Yusei Kikuchi taking on rookie Graham Ashcraft for the Cincinnati Reds. We don't have that score yet because they're currently playing right now. You know, the Blue Jays are interesting. Blue Jays can't hit with runners in scoring position right now. Yeah. Bobachette does not look like the same player he was last year. And Vladdy, although he is great, has not gotten off to this roaring hot start that many expected. Teoscar Hernandez has dealt with a bit of injuries here and there. And Lourdes Gurriel, Lourdes Gurriel is great, but again, not gotten off to the best of starts. The Blue Jays pitching 
in my opinion, right now, it's pretty good. You know, you got Jose Brios and you got Alec Manoa and Yusuke Kikuchi has been excellent. But if we're looking at Jose Barrios, he's kind of fallen off a cliff. And Kenji yeah. Ryu, he had a good outing in his last start, but it was against the Reds who can't hit a lefty. So I don't put a ton of stock into that. Jordan Romano has dealt with a couple of blown saves, and he's also dealt with some injuries. They've also had some other relievers on the shelf. This Blue Jays team is reeling right now. I still think they're going to be there at the end. But I, 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 I got to be honest with you, Javi. I thought more of the Blue Jays than what we've seen so far. And this is also what we've seen from the Blue Jays, where you get a Kevin Gosman, who is probably the best pitcher in baseball right now. Will he continue to be? Maybe. Mm. Maybe not. We did see what happened last year. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing with the the Blue Jays and with Gosman. We saw Gosman's second half. He tailed off a ton. He was a Mm -hmm. first half. He could have won the Cy Young. Second half, he tailed off. Could it happen again? And then if that happens again, what are you left with? That's why I'm a little bit nervous about the Blue Jays. What's your take on them so far? Hey, and I let all of you know about Gosman last year. I got him for a dollar in our auction fantasy league. <laughs> like, let me believe me. I I was living last year with Trevor Rogers and Gosman and Barrios, who everybody was crapping on. Unfortunately, Barrios, and I appreciate you being kind because you know how attached I am to any Puerto Rican player in baseball. But I think a big thing for the Blue Jays has been the Jose Barrios uh, development, who is just everything hitters are jumping on that fastball to an alarming rate. Uh, we could bring up the icicles as you like to call it on yep. baseball savant, uh, not looking good there. And it feels like he, he's not striking out guys. I mean, this is a dude who last year had a three, five ERA with 200 K's like that's kind of what they wanted. And I thought that even if he has those games, he's always been a guy that will have those games where you're like, Oh, good Lord of almighty goodness. Right. Like he will explode sometimes, but he also has those games where you're like, Oh, I remember why everybody was excited about this guy in Minnesota, but this year it's been, a, it, I haven't seen that once. Not really. Yes, he had a start the other day when he didn't give up any runs, but felt a little fluky. Only five punch outs, if I'm not mistaken. So the Barrios thing is a really startling development. And like you said with Gosman, does he tail off? That is a really important question, right? So I'm not really sure. And they just gave Barrios that extension, so they really need him to to step up. It feels feels like aside from Vladdy um, and maybe George Springer, George Springer, as I like to call him. Um, don't ask. I don't know why I had the an accent to him, but I love Springer. Aside from those two, a lot of un- underplaying players and a lot of injuries so far, but I guess you could go the other direction and say, well, yeah, they're underperforming. And once they start performing, they'll be great. Even though they already have a positive record right now. To that point mm-hmm. of all the players that qualify, let's say we'll make it a hundred plate appearances. Mm-hmm. How many blue Jays do you think are hitting over 280? Hmm batting average i think i think bichette well the thing is bichette should be but he's not i think vladdy will i think tioscar will no not will right now oh right now oh uh i'm gonna say one one would be correct who do you think that player is is it is it springer santiago espinal He's been easily the best player for the Blue Jays, I think, so far this year, besides any of their pitchers. He's been great. He's very versatile. He can play a bunch of different positions, second base, third base, even shortstop at times. But then, yeah, George Springer's in 270. Vladdy's in 268. Alejandro Kirk's in 262. Bobichette, 248. Then Rymel Tapia, Lordy Scurriel are hitting below 240. And then Teoscar Hernandez is slashing 167, 225, 288. 
Now, will all of that continue? Are the Blue Jays' bats going to get hot? Yes, but will the pitching regress a little bit? I think so. That's why I'm just a little bit nervous about the Blue Jays. Not nervous in the sense that I don't think that they can be a great team. Nervous for the Blue Jays making the playoffs. I don't know. It's going to be tough this year with how good I think the White Sox will be. The Twins are great too. Angels, Astros, they have some competition here. I don't think the Blue Jays are some lock to make the playoffs. Yeah. Is this one of those teams that is so fun, so lit, and has a great roster, don't get me wrong, that we maybe jumped the gun and that we were like, well, in fairness, just like the Yankees last year, they won like 92 games too. It's not like they won 98. And we were like, oh my God. And don't get me wrong, Marcus Simeon, who a lot of people were like, oh, is the loss of him going to hurt? Uh, is Well, not right now. It's not because Marcus Yeah, Simeon but they still lost problem. 46 yeah. home runs on their roster. Exactly. Of course, Simeon doing terribly, but would he have done terribly if he stayed with the Blue Jays? We don't know. But the fact mm-hmm. is they did lose all of that offensive production. That's just impossible that we just got a little bit too excited. The X lit though on this Mm -hmm. team. Oh yeah. hundredth percentile. Go check out my article on just baseball. I ranked them in the top five easiest teams to root for. Javier Reyes, one of the great writers of JustBaseball.com, covers a lot of the Padres, but has a soft spot for the AL East. That's why we're talking (laughs) AL East state of the division with Javier Reyes. Javi, let's move on to the fourth place team. Red Sox 18 and 22, but Hold the phones. They're heating up a little bit. Mm -hmm. They actually have a better run differential than the Blue Jays at negative three. They've scored 166 runs, which is 21 more than the Blue Jays, but they've allowed about 15 more runs than the Blue Jays to give them 169 runs allowed. They've won four in a row, and they've won seven of their last 10 games. Let's look at those series. They took two of three from the Astros. They swept the Mariners in three games, and they're currently playing the fourth game of that Mariners series. So they swept the first three games, but haven't fully finished the sweep yet. And remember when I talked about some of those hitters heating up? Let's talk Trevor's story because he's taking the league by storm right now with his 330 WRC plus in the past week. But Rafael Devers really is one of the best hitters in baseball, and he's proving it, and he's on pace for 226 hits. The Red Sox, we knew the offense would start to get going. It's just about the pitching, and it's finally starting to happen. Nick Pavetta turned in a great start. Overall, where do you see the Red Sox trajectory heading? Do you believe in this hot start that they're starting to get on, and do you believe that this team is better than what they've showed so far? Or do you believe this is a bit of a facade and that the Red Sox are in fact not as good as many Red Sox fans had them out to be this year? For me with the Red Sox as a Boston hater, it'd be easy for me to come and shard on the team. But for me, I know Colby Olsen, of course, who you always do all the not gambling advice and everything for is he kind of called it a while ago where he's like, look, they, after this rough Houston series, you know, we get to play the Seattle Mariners who have been struggling. Then you get to play the White Sox and then you get five against Baltimore. Then they play Cincinnati. So if they were going to hit a hot streak, it'd be right now and with Trevor story. My view on him has always been if he hits 250 with a 310 on base. Okay. That's not great. But if he hits 30 bombs and plays great defense, then great. Like it's going to outweigh whatever his traditional batting stats are. If he can just be kind of a, a flawed slugger at the plate and a great defender, I think that's hopefully what they're, uh, they're hoping for right now. And maybe he gets going after this hot streak and launching one after uh, off of Robbie Ray. Right. Um, I think with the Red Sox, it's so tricky because I, I hate the way they have barely an ACE that you feel confident about in their rotation, but they just crumb together wins I kind of feel the same way is that is the Red Sox a good team, but the problem is that they're in the AL East 
that's kind of my vibe with them right now, where if they were in the, the central of both the NL and the American League, uh, they might be like a first place team or at least second place right now. But the Yankees are just hitting the snot out of the ball. Blue Jays are underperforming like crazy, but still more wins than them. And then Tampa is Tampa. That's kind of my, again, not the most in-depth analysis in the world, but I just think the Red Sox, they will be fine uh, in a way. I just don't know how many wins and whether or not that leads to a division, if that makes any sense. I agree. I don't think they'll win the division. I think they're probably going to finish fourth. You know, Nady Evaldi is their ace, but he's leading the league in home runs allowed. Nick Pavetta has been pretty inconsistent, but I think when he's on, he's still a decent pitcher. Garrett Whitlock, again, when he's on, unhittable. This dude was a former failed starter left by the Yankees, and then he joins the Red Sox, becomes this great closer, and then now has transitioned back into the starting rotation, and has honestly looked unhittable. Had a bad start in his last outing, so that's something to watch. But overall, I like those first three. I like Michael Walker this year. I mean, how can you not? Will it continue? We'll see. But at least right now, I do like him. Rich Hill can eat innings. That's what Rich Hill does. But the thing that I'm most surprised about is Tanner Houck. Because Tanner Houck seemed to be that guy to make the jump to the rotation and really take hold of it. But he hasn't really so far. And he's a he's a guy who's unvaccinated. So he had some problems when they went up to Toronto and Canada. Um, that's not a political thing or me making a take. It's just, that's the reality of the situation. Just, if you're not vaccinated, you can't play in Toronto. I gotcha. That's what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with an inconsistent rotation with a below average bullpen and an offense that's really led by three players in JD, Rafi and Xander Bogarts. The emergence of Trevor story is fantastic, but the, what's the opposite of re-emergence? What's the opposite of it? Decline, the fall into despair, perhaps. I don't have a word off the top of my head, but I wouldn't I, I, call I like... Alex Verdugo falling to despair, <laughs> but a 214 average with a 255 OBP and a 321 slug yeah. is not it. And no real numbers point to him getting that much better. Batting average department, he will, but the power, you know, he's not the best defender in a corner, you know. And when you look at corner outfielders, you want a big time bat, and he's just not a big time bat. So I'm worried about this Red Sox team and not in the sense, again, not in the sense that they're a bad team, just that worried that they will not be entering the playoffs this year after a very, very great run last year, making it to the ALCS. You deserve an Oscar for that though. Honestly, you're worried that the Red Sox won't make the playoffs. (laughs) He's so, that's so tragic. (laughs) I am an unbiased journalist and i am covering the al east without any bias let's move on to the last place team in the baltimore before we wrap 16 and 25 record uh they don't score a lot of runs 140 runs scored and they've allowed 177 most in the division and they have the worst run differential in the division at negative 37 and they've also been on a little bit of a skid they've lost seven of their last 10 games orioles they lost three or four to the yankees and they're currently playing a series against the Rays, like I said, tied one-to-one, and they're playing right now. It's Corey Kluber taking on Kyle Spencer Watkins, excuse me. And if you put a gun to my head, Rays are probably winning that one. (laughs) You know, 
I mean, what's there to say kind of about the Orioles right now? The great thing is, you know what? Never mind. They actually had a yeah. great thing happen to them. Abby yeah, Rutschman debuted and he, he he looked very good too. And it was cool seeing the video of him really taking yeah. it all in. Abby <laughs> Rutschman <laughs> finally debuted for the Orioles. Um, and it's funny. I saw a joke though uh, from Foolish Baseball. He tweets this out all the time and it gets me every time. Um, I really hope that Juan Soto is as good as Adley Rutschman when he gets to his age. Like <laughs> yeah, that Juan yeah. Soto is actually younger than Adley Rutschman. It Crazy. took them this long to finally bring him up, but he's fully ready. And he will be one of the better catchers in baseball, I think, for the next decade. He's really profiles as that. He's a safe prospect. He's going to hit, and he's going to play a good defensive catcher back there. Anything else exciting you about the Orioles? Um, not much. If, if anybody's watching on YouTube, I just rolled my eyes because I just got a notification Albert Pujols homered, which is just like, it's just funny because the the, the, the Cardinals are going to win this game that we're at, at the time of recording when their pitcher threw three pitches, Steven Matz, but it's just funny. Anyway, uh, yeah, with the Orioles, it's just Adley Rutschman. It's just that Ryan Mountcastle's name is sick, and I hope that he lives up to that. Um, I think he's okay. injured right now, though, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, hopefully when he comes back. And then Cedric Mullins, I think, is kind of like a, I get Charlie Blackman vibes from him in terms of his overall production. Don't know if he'll be as bad of a defender as Charlie Blackman was in his prime, but just this guy that's going to be a really good outfielder and no one will talk about him for a while and he'll slip in all of your fantasy drafts. That's why I compare to Charlie Blackman like I did with Colby last week. But yeah, I think um, with the Orioles, it's Adley. I know there were some people who were saying that you know, and maybe this is just my Twitter sphere and type of people that I'm around that were like, oh, yeah, let's the Orioles pretending to celebrate a guy that they manipulated service time for. Let's all just ignore that because it's a cool video. Well, first of all, social media different than the actual team. Social media, it's not their They don't decide that. And they were just like, this is really cool. It's a great video. It even made my cold, shivering, dead heart you know, kind of light up just a little bit, Peter, just a little bit. So I, I really did enjoy that. But hey, in fairness, he was hurt a little bit. It's still exciting to see him back up. And imagine when they bring in Grayson Rodriguez, the Orioles, there's actually a plan there. And if you're there an Orioles fan, I would be excited about that. This is not Kansas City. This is not, uh, the, do we have to say Detroit at this point? Uh, this isn't Detroit, right? Like these aren't these teams that when are we going to see it? You know, when are we going to see it? Well, what the Orioles are starting to. And if they have some of these other guys break out, I think they'll be okay. And hopefully they can fix their, dare I say, curse of never having good starting pitching ever. And that everyone who leaves them is like, yeah, they don't know what they're doing. Shout out Jake Arrieta. But, you know, it's just. Shout out Josh Hader. Shout out Kevin Gosman. There's a lot of them. Yeah, there's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them. And, but I will shine some light on the Orioles because there are definitely some positives that I kind of glossed over. But you know what? They deserve their due. Trey Mancini is raking. He's in 303, 360, 400 slugging. Hasn't hit for the same type of power that we're used to, but he's hitting the ball really hard. Austin Hayes has also been a great player for them. Slashing 283, 355 with a 428 slugging. And even Ryan Mountcastle, to your point, the thing with Ryan Mountcastle, he's not hitting for any power, and that's where he makes his money. And Cedric Mullins has been doing fine. He's got some doubles and he's got some home runs, but overall, not as great as we would have hoped. Um, in terms of the starting pitching, Jordan Lyles has actually been pretty decent. Bruce Zimmerman has been great. Spencer Watkins has been fine. Tyler Wells is a better pitcher than I think a lot of people think. Kyle Bradish is fine. But the great thing is that their bullpen has been great. Keegan Aiken is really dominant back there. Moving him from a starter's role mm -hmm. to a reliever role was a great option for them. Jorge Lopez moving into the bullpen. Another failed starter turn reliever is dominating. And Dylan Tate, another failed starter turned reliever is dominating. And then they got Felix Batista throwing a hundred mile an hour turbo sinkers. 
This is a better team than last year, but unfortunately, we're probably going to see them at the set in the cellar, you know. But at least they have the first pick in the 2022 MLB draft in June. They do. They, they do. do. They, it's it's coming. And in fairness, I actually think Baltimore, because you know, one thing that we we all do as, as baseball kind of analysts is we we blame these teams that aren't trying. But I actually think Baltimore, it's like, all right, maybe could they have gone out and given the Carlos Correa deal? Yeah, they definitely could have done that. But in fairness, they're in a really stacked division. I don't think it would be smart for you to try and be super competitive right now. Cause you, even if you tried, maybe can you reach Boston's tier, right? That also leaves three other teams that you're not as good at. So I actually think the Orioles are sitting very well. Don't worry, Orioles fans. I know it's been a while. My San Diego Padres stole the, the God Manny Machado from you. I understand that, but in general, it'll it's, and you just brought up these other guys that I hadn't even heard of until now. Like they, they have some pieces and they're one of those teams that they can be a good, bad. You know what I mean? Kind of like I Armageddon. Agree. Good, and bad movie. It's atrocious, but it's so great and entertaining at times. This is just such a good division, and we're going to continue to break it down every single Monday on the State of the Division podcast, a new podcast from the Just Baseball Network. I'm Peter Apple. That's Javier Reyes. Go check out the links in the episode description. We have a bunch of them for you all if you want to join our baseball group chat on chalkboard download the loop app the whole thing get you just baseball merch as well in the in the episode description and unless you got anything else javi i'd like to say i do uh that's it man that's it for me go padres and uh be kind out there that's what i would say be kind have a great week everybody see ya